Welcome, Guardians. It's December 14th, 2015, and this is Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. Actually, this is one of our uh, another little whispers here, and uh, this is our holiday episode. Not just because of Christmas, but because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about our our favorite shipwright, Amanda Holiday. Uh, today we've got uh, Beta Chieftain with us. How's it going? Pretty good. And Handsome Dragon. What's going on? Clearly he's not as good as I am. I guess not. He must be having a pretty awful day. Oh, yeah. I'm doing good, guys. I guess I should uh, <laughs> unmute my mic before I start uh, talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. Um, doing good. I'm, just, I'm having a good week. It's been a fun week in Destiny, that's for sure. So, uh, I mean, I've been enjoying it. Well, what's been so fun about it? Um, kicking butt on the racetrack. That's what's been fun about it. Yep, yep. Sparrow Racing uh, is was definitely a uh, a little bit of a, a sleeper thing. You know, everyone was, I don't think everyone was nearly excited about it before it came out mm-hmm. as they are now that it's been been with us for a good week. You know, it, exactly. it's, it's so think, much fun. It's I think great. we kind of touched on it on our last episode. And, you know, a lot of the reason why people seemed upset about it wasn't necessarily that content but because they kind of had set up expectations for something else and yeah so, yeah exactly whether those were and, founded on and anything just, or not but. just to show that there are two sides to every story i on the other hand have been having a terrible week in destiny <laughs> because of sparrow racing <laughs> what because i am horrible at it I've got one win after like 50 races and it just gets worse every day because everyone else keeps getting better and <laughs> I just keep getting worse. Do you have your yeah. your gear maxed out yet? Yeah. I I'm just terrible at the racing. It's like the only way I will I will ever achieve S class or anything is if we get all the podcast together and rig a few races for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, we not might, cool. We might be able to do something for you. That that is cool, X-ray. It's cool for me. <laughs> it it is. It is. You're right. And actually, you know what? Uh, we probably have quite a few listeners that would love to jump in and help out too. Uh, this past weekend, uh, we we streamed on Twitch for the first time. It was pretty interesting. Uh, we had a, a couple technical difficulties, and and it was mainly my fault, X-ray's fault. Um, but it was. It was really fun. I had a great time doing it. Uh, the first night was the best. Even though we only had 30 minutes to actually stream, it was so much fun to have all of us together in the same uh, in the same mm-hmm. fire team, just running some crucible and just uh, having having a good time. It was it was great. And yeah, that, that really that kind of rarely happens. Yeah. It really, yeah, exactly. And that's I think why it was so much fun. Uh, then on Saturday night, we were missing a couple people, but we picked up a, a few of our listeners, uh, and so that was that was a great great time. had a, had a good time with them too. We uh, we did the same thing. We just just uh, ran some crucible and and just had a good time. Um, it was it was definitely great. I, I I can't say enough about it. Had a good time. Uh, Want to thank uh, the Dads of Destiny for for inviting us to their their charity stream, and it was to support Toys for Tots and special effects. Uh, they, they raised a pretty good amount of money, had a, had a great time. So thank you for, for that, and uh, look forward to, uh, to doing some more streaming. We may uh, have to make it a regular thing and, and get some of the listeners in to play with us. Uh, something else we've been, been kind of tossing around the, uh, the locker room, or I, don't know, I guess we don't really have a locker room, I guess in, in Slack. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after this weekend, we've had a lot of people asking questions about lore and wanting to, to play with us and talk to us, and, and we don't really have a great way to communicate with listeners besides, twit, or besides Twitter. And so... And, uh, and we the, found out promptly that if you start tagging everybody, that uh, it becomes an ineffective form of communication. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, just everything about about Twitter doesn't make it the most ideal place to try to LFG or or, or set up games or, or groups. So uh, we've been been tossing around the idea of starting up a new instance of Slack, which is our communication application we use, and kind of opening it up to our listeners and anyone who wants to join. 
so if you think that's a good idea, let us know. Uh, we're probably going to launch it before this airs, uh, just just uh, to try to get it going and see if there's any interest. But but definitely send us a message uh, if you're interested in joining us in Slack. We can we'll definitely give you some some kind of I don't want to say not rules, but I guess a kind of tutorial on how to how to log in and start it up and what our group name is and things like that. But you're going to have to email us. Uh, you'll have to email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. And in the, in the uh, subject line, go ahead and type in fan chat as the subject so that we can kind of... One word or two words, that's right. Uh, let's, I don't know. Let's do two words, I guess. Fan space chat. There we go. And, uh, and if you do that, we will send you an invite to Slack and get you get you in there and 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 chatting with us and talking to us and and other listeners and kind of get some some like-minded lore minds together to to run some destiny so uh our again our t-shirt campaign ended we had a good time with that we upped our gear hopefully you can tell a difference in the quality sound that our that we're producing from the podcast uh i think the last one sounded great uh, i'm hoping this one does too but uh, that was all everyone who, who helped to donate. Well, I, I say donate, but you got a t-shirt out of it. Uh, but all the proceeds from that went to uh, it back into the podcast to try to make it better. Uh, where we also have a, a little bit left over. We're probably going to come up with a few ways to, to put it back into the, into the podcast through a giveaway or contest or something like that. So uh, keep an ear out for that. I know the holidays are coming up. So we may have to, uh, we're, we're going to try to get a couple more episodes recorded by the end of the year and space out releasing them, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, we all have, we all have families and obligations and things. And so this is getting to be really hectic, but we promise if, if things, if there's a lull over the next couple weeks that we will make up for it after the first of the year, uh, when, when things calm down. So, uh, let's get, let's get into the, the meat of this one. Uh, we didn't, I don't think we did a, uh. Uh, forgotten lore or ignored lore piece this time, uh, no, but no, not, not this week. Although there's some rare, um, some rare items we'll mention later, so we can just count that. Okay, awesome. And uh, and we also didn't pull any uh, questions, especially after our last episode, which was you know two hours of questions. <laughs> so so we are just going to jump right into it. Let's uh, let's talk about our 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 favorite shipwright, Amanda Holiday. What do we know? Um, well, I, I, hopefully everybody knows who she is at this point. Um, she's one of the, you know, first people that you meet in the game, really the speaker and her are some of the first you go to. Um, and so we just, from the grimoire cards, um, from her and then from the chaperone quest, we learn a lot about her and kind of her backstory. And so what we know is that she was born on the road. Um, so she comes from a time um, when the city was was kind of just a whisper still. It, it was established, but there were still a lot of people kind of out, you know, in the wilderness, um, settlements, camps, and things, and not everyone had gathered into the city yet. Um, and that's kind of the time period when when Amanda was born. And it, we don't know from the grimoire kind of why her and her mother set out towards the city. We just know they did. Um, so it was her and her mother. There's no mention of a father, so we we don't know anything about him. Um, but what's interesting is it's kind of you know it, we've talked a lot in these in the past episodes, you know, with the Pilgrim Guard and uh, the hunters and you know trying to gather survivors. Um, it wasn't an easy journey, and so they relied very heavily heavily on kind of their skills. Um, so Amanda, obviously, as the shipwright, we know she's very skilled at, you know, repairing, building, um, modifying things. Yeah. And so she was very much focused on kind of their vehicles and keeping everything up and running. And her mother um, was fairly skilled with weaponry. And so her mother crafted um, this shotgun, a double-barreled shotgun, which we know as the chaperone. Um so the chaperone originally belonged to Amanda Holiday's mother, and that's kind of the gun that kept them safe um, as they started this journey. 
And uh, so then we also kind of learn that, you know, on their, you know, on their journey, she's, Amanda's the only one who survives, correct? Yeah, that's right. So her, her mother doesn't make it. Awesome. Well, not awesome. But... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> not awesome, but yeah, it's, you know, when she makes it, so as far as the timeline goes, you know, by the time, you know, you know, do we know how, when the mother died, where they were? Um, yes, like was the Cindy Moore, Cindy Moore, well founded by then. We, I don't, we don't know where they were necessarily. I we, and I, we don't even know what road they were taking. Um, we know that her mother was buried uh, in a shallow grave alongside the road, and she was buried with the chaperone. So it seems like they would have been fairly close to the city because, I mean, you wanted to, you know, she loved her mom and wanted to bury the gun with her, but burying your weapon, you know, with your mother, you would have had to feel fairly secure at that point to, you know, to take that risk of not taking it with you. Um, so, yeah, and and we, I guess, so they, I'm, I think they were close. Um we do know that they were one of the of the groups that were making it to the city. Amanda Holiday's group was one of the last ones to make it. Yeah, and uh and so you know it says uh others have cast <coughs> a lot of jokes their way asking if she got lost on the way since they were one of the last ones to make it to the city. Um you know, obviously they didn't find it very funny, but uh but they only made it because of Amanda's mom and and the chaperone. So uh, that's that's pretty. It speaks a lot about her mom and about uh, her skills and 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 the gun itself. So I thought that was was pretty great. Um, and, and I guess we haven't stated this outright at this point, but I mean, uh, if anyone was questioning it, Amanda is not a guardian. She is human, you know, born. Um, she is not a guardian. She doesn't have a ghost. So just to you know these deaths, her mom's death, and things. Those were, and if she were to die, these are all final. Final deaths. She, yeah, she's not. And what's kind of crazy is if you look in the, uh, the Taken King cutscene with her and Cade, it when you look at her kind of walking from Eris' ship up towards the, the bench, um, there it looks like her right leg, from the knee down is gone. Like, um, and there's a. There's a robotic prosthetic there instead. Um, I guess it's possible she kind of felt like wearing a random robotic armor piece on her right leg only, maybe. But to me, at least, if you go back and watch that cutscene, it looks like she even possibly lost her leg um, on the journey to the city. Yeah, so it was definitely. Or it could have been some freak ship fixing (laughs) accident. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, (laughs) A a sparrow, a sparrow repair that didn't go too well. Some XO that had been reset too many times. You know, didn't didn't quite fix the hoist or the jack the right way, and it dropped something on her. So uh, another thing they they say. So in in the uh, the Amanda Grimoire or or the uh, card is uh, that once once uh, she got to the city. Her talent for engineering and familiarity with Golden Age relics attracted attention of the tower, and that's uh, part of the reason she was made uh, or, or kind of appointed to be the uh, the leader among the tower's shipwrights. So she was just so skilled that uh, that they made her kind of the boss. Um, and it also says that... Uh, that the terrors of Amanda's childhood galvanized her. She knows and respects the dangers that press against the city's walls, uh, and her drive to re- <clears throat> her drive to to rebuild the city's aerospace capabilities is driven much by pragmatism as by her love of flight. So that to me, that I, I actually thought that was kind of strange because you know if she was a pilgrim making her way to the city, um, how much did she really you know? Was it just one of those kind of childhood things? It's like, ooh, I want to be a, you know, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a, a police officer. They don't really know anything about it, and and that's kind of the way I picture her. Is you know, she has this love of flight, but it seems like until she got to the city, and maybe, I mean, who knows? But but has she ever really flown? Has she ever been in a ship 
or, or done any of that stuff? Or, you know, was it one of those things that until she got to the city and she fixed her first ship and took it for a test spin or whatever, she's like, oh, I'm in love. I love flying. This is my thing. And and so it kind of, of made her, you know, drive even stronger to to fix these things and to do these things. Right. We don't, yeah, we don't really know where her love of flight comes from. I mean, maybe, obviously, if you're on a sparrow going 130, you could, uh, you could feel like you're flying. Yeah, that's turn. true. So, that's, so that's maybe, a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, and yeah, it's, and, all, uh, it's all conjecture. I'm, I'm going to drop a big piece of, uh, of canonized factual lore here. And, uh, I, I bought the, um, the D is for Destiny book for my, for my daughter. Which, oh if, yeah, if that's you're all, that's, yeah, if you're so cool. if you're a dad, I I recommend getting that for your kids because it's it's a blast. Um, even my and wife, if you're not a dad, get it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> plan for the future. Come on, guys. But uh, my my wife hates video games. She hates Destiny. But even she <laughs> appreciates this book because you know what her comment was. You know she loves how brave like, it kind of makes our daughter feel. It's like as far as the book is about, like that kind of tells the adventure, a story of like protecting the city, you know, you know, fighting the, these aliens and things like that. And then after it's over, you know, my daughter's always like, you know, I'm so strong. I'm so brave. And so I do recommend <laughs> that book. It's, it's awesome. But, uh, back, back to the, the lore. Um, well, hang on a second. Cause I'm curious okay. now. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen the whole book. I mean, I've seen a, a few different pages and stuff just, just online, but does it, uh, does it highlight a lot of female guardians in it? Is that part it, of the reason? Does she kind mm-hmm. of connect with it because there's girls in it? Is that what the deal it, is? It, it does. Yeah, there's, you know, in the, the yeah, first page, it kind of shows like a mom, you know, like a young boy and a young girl. And then it kind of just like shows like through their imagination, you know, them being guardians and kind of all these things. It's, it's pretty cool. Oh, nice. But, uh, all right. All right. So, so back, so back cool. to the lore. But yeah, um, a lot of the, a lot of the illustrations in the, uh, the way what it talks about is, you know, the guardians, on the ground, um, the people kind of walking in the wilderness, fighting the darkness. They often all they had to look at was the sky, and uh, and I think well, there's one part where it talks about uh, it shows like a an illustration of a young uh, child looking at the sky as a as a ship flies overhead, and says, you know, these guardians started just as you, um, you know, with nothing but a dream knowing it will come true, something like that. So I think, you know, maybe that was, you know, in that same sense, you know, holidays. And that's where she got her passion was, you know, in the, you know, in the wild with her mom, fighting her way back, you know, maybe always seeing, you know, something above her fighting, you know, I'm almost, almost always thinking I want to be up there. Up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, that is neat. I didn't know that. That's uh did you leave that out of the notes on purpose just so you could drop no, that down? No, I, I actually, I just, <laughs> yeah, you know, yes, that was, that was it. <laughs> you know, just kind of, That's awesome. Because I actually, I hadn't read that part yet, and I just like, you read it, and I was like, you know what, I wonder if, obviously, I, yeah, I there is a con- D for D is for Destiny is, you know, canonized in the lore, but it's it definitely could uh, connect some. Hey, some at this point, there. anywhere we can get any kind of information <laughs> you know, about the, about the lore, I'll take it. Exactly. I mean, this is that is that is neat, and, and I wouldn't put it past Bungie at all to to try to sneak some little little things in there just to see if if the fans find it. You know, mm-hmm. so I'll take that as a as a yeah. Now, if you said that the the kid that was looking up at the sky at the ship going over was a little blonde girl, I would be like, oh, that's Amanda Holiday, <laughs> that's absolutely. Holiday. <laughs> but uh, but I'm I'm assuming not though, right? Um, I actually don't remember. Oh, oh now you gotta check. Now we gotta check. find yeah, now out. I'm curious. <laughs> I know there is a, a blonde girl at one point because my daughter always says, "Like that's me." But... <laughs> yeah, your daughter's so cute. Okay, <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's go into a couple of these quotes from Amanda. Um, I, I will let me take uh, take this one. It says, uh, "Oh, what's this item?" Talk to Amanda. The first time I met Zavala, I was really intimidated. He's kind of a lot to take in, you know. But then we got to talking about the city and the walls and how we're all going to die and the 900 things that want to wipe us out. And I realized he's actually much scarier than most people give him credit for. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, uh, that's that pretty much 
pretty much describes Zavala to I think the same kind of points we made before. You know that that's a that's a scary dude, um, and and he knows it, and he's tough, and he doesn't hide it, and he's just amazing. You know, I I, I want to know so much more about him, and I I hope we find out more. Uh, what else we got from Amanda? We've got a good uh, we've got two good crucible quotes. I'll read one, and then Dragon, you can read the other one. But um, so one is Shax has been running the crucible for a long time, a long, long time. He's old. <laughs> he's pretty much seen it all. <laughs> Takes a bit to impress him. Grab some friends and make a splash. So that's just fun because it, it's like Shaq's really must. He's been there a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Amanda considers him quite the old timer. I love. I just love her, her whole demeanor, and and her attitude towards stuff, and just the way she talks about things. She's like not sugarcoating anything. She's like. Zavala's scary as hell, and yeah, Shax is like super old. <laughs> you know, it's almost it's almost kind of that naivety of a child, you know. And and I don't, it's just it it's so I don't know it, it it's neat to see a character like that in the game because you feel like a lot of the stuff you know some of the guardians or what some of the guardians say yeah they they might be speaking their mind but at the same time they hold kind of their their true emotional kind of comments close to the chest and and may not really come out come right out and say say what they mean or, or what they think and i think just so, like all you, right what else we get oh, go just ahead. like you can always you can get kate's personality through like the, the text and the grimoire like you, you can kind of start here to get amanda's personality here through this and even when you're just st- up at the ship right she'll kind of make little snarky comments and you're like all right she's she's a little feisty one <laughs> yeah so uh, here's the uh, the next quote here is uh I've watched crucible matches on the monitors a few times. It looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Of course, I say that not having a little robot buddy who can bring me back to life. So I'll stick to kicking Kate's butt <laughs> at poker. <laughs> so there you go. Her her uh her attitude or her demeanor is is that that she can joke around with Kate and 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 so it kind of puts for me her into kind of the same category with him a little bit, which is was pretty, which a pretty good company to be in, in my opinion. I, I think everyone likes Cade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, they've actually got like Amanda and Cade. I mean, we kind of saw it in the cutscene, um, from Taken King, but you know they've kind of they hang out a lot. They're definitely friends. Um, so like we have a quote from our ghost, um, where he says, "If it's possible, Amanda's actually more cheerful today than when she." And when, uh, then she was when we showed up. I think she thinks that Cade likes having us around, which in turn makes her happy. I think those two are adorable. If you were to ask me, which you didn't. Which you didn't. Yes, the ghost was trying to set him up. <laughs> Kate playing matchmaker. Right, sometimes right. you wonder, Kate, Cade's got those hearts for somebody. Yeah, he does. So. That's true. Uh so there's also another one from Amanda about Cade. Uh, she says, uh, uh, to everyone else, Cade's the hard case, always going on about his about treasure. I've always known him as a big old softy. I don't know why. Maybe I remind him of someone he used to know. <laughs> that uh, that might be, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe she reminds him of that lost love or somebody that he doesn't quite remember since, you know, obviously he is an XO and, and mm-hmm. might only have... Maybe. Kind of shattered memories of of somebody that he's he's uh, he's lost or or doesn't really remember. Maybe yeah. somewhere in the wild, Kate met her mom. Boom, lower drop. Oh, ooh, <laughs> hey there. Oh no, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's a, a deep one, but don't tell. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't tell. Yeah, don't tell drop def- slash. Definitely, definitely <laughs> no uh, no. Nothing to back this to up back at all. Just, uh, interesting. Hey, I wonder if that. Well, there's yeah, always, I mean, there's always the uh, Cade's journal where he's uh, he talks about Maya from the uh, from the Ishtar Academy, and how beautiful she is, but he never talks to her. Maybe Amanda reminds him of Maya or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, so where are we where are we headed with this next? We talked about Amanda and her relationship with Cade, uh, or I said relationship, Friend, but you know what I mean, yeah. friendship. Yeah, there you go. That's better. That's a better uh, description. But her friendship uh, with with Cade. Um, 
So do we want to talk a little bit about maybe the chaperone, I guess? Yeah, because the, the chaperone's what kind of bridges, you know, to this next section. Um, so in the game, we um, the sh- we have the chaperone quest, which can I just say, I'm <laughs> I'm so sad because, so the weekend before the reset, not before reset, yeah, before reset, the weekend before the update, mm-hmm. I was like, they're gonna nerf shotguns. <laughs> I need to go in there and get my chaperone, you know, taken care of because it's just going to be too hard after this. So I went in there, spent like all day Saturday doing the entire quest, got it done. And then they come out with Sparrow Racing League <laughs> where, where, where you just have to equip the last word and race. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if that's a coincidence or not. You know, I, I mean, I think they could have I, I know they've made oversights on on things before. As far as, you know, what can complete different quests and things that that maybe shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to do, you know, like assists counting towards your 10 kill sprees and stuff like that. Right. Um, But it makes me, it makes me wonder if because Amanda Holiday is tied so closely to the chaperone that maybe they left it in there as as maybe a kind of a nod to, to her, to her mom and, you know, hey, you need that. If you want to get this gun, go do an Amanda thing and. Right, like, like you know. she'll she'll look the other way. On the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's interesting. I, I don't know. It, it's probably a stretch, but but I like to read into some of the stuff like that, and it'd be a really cool thing if it was something they added or left in there, kind of on purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, while, while she's distracted, let's uh, get these bounties done, kind of thing. <laughs> and if you if you don't know what we're talking about, if you've got the chaperone quest and you're to the part where you've got to uh, to get um, like. Uh, positive KDs in the crucible with the last word equipped. Uh, you can by by sparrow racing and finishing a match as long as you don't uh, die too much. Uh, you'll increase the percentage on that on that quest line. So I think it's like a like a three percent increase. I mean, it takes quite a bit of racing if you're if you're down, you know, at zero. But uh, but you can complete it by doing that. So. That's just well. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess, and so going back to the contest, um, the quest, it, the, it's a quest in the game, but it's really a contest that Tex Mechanica is putting on um, in conjunction with Amanda Holiday. And so, the chaperone, the exotic that we get in the game, it's not the original chaperone. The original one is buried with her mother, but it's basically, it's a, it's a remake. So Tex Mechanica decides to remake the chaperone with Amanda. Um, so Tex Mechanica puts, you know, all kinds of good, um, as Amanda describes it, more powerful, you know, ballistics in there for us guardians. Um, but Amanda designed the whole outside. So basically she remembers her mother's gun perfectly. And so every last detail of the exotic exterior is, uh, is Amanda recreating that gun from memory. Now it's got it's got that that really kind of pretty scroll work on it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like the like the last word does too, and and so that's a that's another thing that I think is neat. That if that's the way the gun initially looked, you know it. I, and and don't get me wrong, it's not not a. I'm not trying to make this kind of a sexist type comment, but but you know the this how beautiful the guns end up being you know it's to me it's like man only a woman could make a gun that pretty you know what i mean it's like guys just want it to look mean and tough like a bad juju or or something like that where there's dragon's breath (laughs) yeah exactly the the thorn exactly the just a gun that that looks mean and intimidating and a woman's like nope this thing's pretty but if you get too close i'll show you what it can do you know I wanted to at least mention Thorn on this episode, so then when Drop listens to it, you'd be like, no, what are they doing? <laughs> no, don't talk about it. Thorn, last word in the same sentence. No. So there you go, Drop. We'll that's, get there. We'll get there. I'm it. not going to let this one go. <laughs> not this episode, though. Yeah, we'll, we're still holding off. I think it's... We've got, some, we've got some listeners that are itching for that. They are just like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Well, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll pull a D. We'll be like, there's something coming. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But not yet. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So uh let's go ahead. What so, what else uh So we also we sh- kind of learn a little bit more about Tex Mechanica um from this quest. Um we learn about someone named 
S. Barnes Davis. And he seems to be, you know, the kind of the promoter of the of the of the contest, but we don't really know much else much else about him. Yeah, it's like he might I, I can't even remember his name. What's his name from New Monarchy, the head guy? <laughs> I you know, no one cares, but there's that uh, guy. Triple Rick. Um, triple Rick was Triple Rick, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that kills me, man. I can't believe how much he looks like him. That's so, so funny. funny. Um you know, so maybe this Davis guy, you know, maybe if Tex Mechanica shows up in the tower someday and gets their own little corner, you know, maybe this Davis guy will be important. But for now he's just a name. And and that's an interesting thing to point out is that so there's lots of different gun makers. You know, we got Suros and Amalon and Hake. And there's the other one from the racing. Is it Dido? There's the... Yeah, Dido or something. Yeah, Dido. Yeah, something like that. Um, which I think someone said it was the Jade Rabbit that they make. Something like that. Um, but anyway, you've, you've also got... And those other ones kind of have, you know, a more official presence in the tower. Um, or they're, at least they're bigger. But Tex Mechanica, they don't technically have like an official tower presence, but they they're very big and they seem very big, you know, among the people of the city, um, and they've and they've been around a long time, and and they specialize in mostly hand cannons. the The shotgun, the chaperone, is a bit of a departure for them, but um, they primarily make hand cannons, and so this is kind of our forgotten lore piece. There, there are, there's no lore on these items at all other than these were made by Tex Mechanica. But um, there's three rare hand cannons. One is called Primed Big Sky MK48, the Silvered Maverick MK41, and the Painted Big Chief MK45. So if you ever come across uh, those three guns, those are Tex, Tex Mechanica specialties. Um, yeah, we've got their emblem too. It's, I think it's uncommon. It's either common or uncommon. It's usually one of those early ones you throw away, but you know, they do have their emblem, um, with the, basically the Texas Longhorn on there. So, so if you're ever feeling, you know, that you want to support Tex Mechanica, go dig up that emblem, show your stuff. I do. I, I, there's a, in one of the, let me find this. In the City Age Two uh, Ghost Fragment, I always I always remembered this because uh, every time I saw Tex Mechanica, I I kind of remembered a little bit, you know, about it or where it was. But there's a there's a funny little quote, and I don't know, it, it, we don't know who's talking or who says it, but uh, they're they're talking about the different uh, foundries, um, and this one comment's funny. It says, uh. Not gonna fix crucible fights for you idiots just to make your text mechanica junk look good. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait, what? So, uh, so there's some people that obviously don't like the text mechanica guns, but you know what? All of those um, have kind of that that wild west feeling. You know, the shotguns and the and the pistols are all kind of of you know fit in well with kind of, with the 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 Jaron Ward kind of personalities and stuff. So it's it's more of a yeah they're less like surosy as far as like looking kind of futuristic like you would expect most of the guns to these are like like the classics in my opinion that's what they remind me of they're like okay this is a if if you're gonna be a gunslinger you know this is the kind of gun uh like the last word uh that you're you're gonna you're gonna run with because you're you know kind of the the cowboyish type or whatever but and uh, uh, yeah and X-ray, that was Shax who said that. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, yeah, okay. So All it's right. it's hinted at in the card. It doesn't say it outright. So if you if you go up in like that card, and for anyone wondering, so yeah, the City Age Two, it's basically these two uh, Tex Mechanica people who are trying to basically like uh, bet on the Crucible and kind of rig a few matches, <laughs> and they're supposed to meet with Shax because they say like, at one point someone shows up and they say you're not Sha. And then it doesn't finish. It just says S H A. But then the next thing is ninety nine forty R sight, and so Shax has a lot of uh, kind of old Warframe weapon frames that like work for him. Um, you know, like the Crucible Quartermaster, and so that's it's basically hinted at that you know they were supposed to meet with Shax, and he sent his Warframe there instead, and he's like threatening to kill them. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then, um, anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to kind of go off off the off track a, a little bit, but I always I always love that that quote. It was just uh, just found it funny. Yeah, and then yeah. kind of going back on the the design on it a bit. Like, I have to agree with the like the last word. Uh, when I, it was one of the first exotics that I got in year one um, for primaries. I think I got Red Death was my first, and then Last Word was my second. And I really didn't use it until a lot, at least until maybe House of Wolves dropped. So that kind of shows how long it kind of just sat there, um, just because it was kind of a. It was a, it was definitely a skill weapon. It took some time to learn, and once you learned it, it was pretty OP towards the end of the year one. But uh, I would I would always just use it in patrol, just because it was so much fun to reload, and it was so much fun to you know holster it and then bring it back up, switch weapons, and just that little twirl with the finger and that get that that western cowboy feel. And it was just it was such a fun had gun had so much character to it, and that's that was one of my favorite things about it. Right. Well, and that's like, uh, so what you just said, and then extra what you were saying earlier um, about the guns kind of being the classics. There's a quote, there's two quotes, um, one from, well, they're both from Banshee 44. So he remembered something. Um, so he said, you got no idea what it was like before the city, before the walls. That's the world for which Tex Mechanica was making weapons. And then the other quote is Tex Mechanica has been making guns since before the city's walls went up. Um, so yeah, and these hand cannons, they you know, in a sense, they weren't meant for the crucible. They were meant for the patrols, for, the wild. You know, for being out in the wild. Which is it's ironic how good they are in a crucible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's especially ironic considering Shaxx called them all crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's another quote that I don't think we mentioned. Uh, it's from the, um. Uh, the is this from the Tex Mechanica, the Buckshot Bruiser? That's yeah, it's from the Chaperone Quest. The Chaperone, yeah, yeah, the Chaperone Quest, and that's where we find out that. Uh, well, I guess that and 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 her being buried with the Chaperone, but Amanda says uh, this Tex Mechanica contest is rough, but I promise you the prize is worth it. I based the design on a shotgun my mama had. <laughs> I love the way she says my, my mama, mama had <laughs> when we were refugees on this on the road to the city. Uh, I I. I love it. it again it kind of makes you feel like she's kind of when she says mama you know it's like a southern kind of of twang rings out in my ears like like you know she's from the from the deep south and uh again kind of of just that whole gunslinger cowboy type lingo you know just just is what what I always kind of hear in my head when I when I read some of that stuff, and I, I don't know, I don't know, you can actually hear her talk uh, at the at the shipwright, but it just still is. I, I kind of always add my own voices to some of the characters when I, because I don't, I don't listen to them all the time. I don't listen to them as much as like uh, like Drop and Beta do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so whenever I'm, you know, a lot of times when I'm playing at night with my kids asleep, I'll have the volume way down. And uh, and so I've I've always got the uh, the captions on, which yeah I know people probably think I'm stupid, but I sit there and read all the all the stuff instead of listening to it. So I've got to kind of imagine some of the voices that I don't listen to a lot. So yeah, and I guess, and I guess before we uh, we move on, there is one more kind of famous Tex Mechanica gun. Um, and it's the first curse, which was introduced with the Taken King, and which recently got buffed. So, so yeah, so uh, the first curse, so this is straight from the Grimoire. It says, the first curse is when death becomes an afterthought. People always forget about the other one, the first one. They remember its twin, the last word, because that's an easier story to tell. But it's not the whole story. Truth is, there were two of them, back then in the lawless days before the city was anything more than a rumor. There are thousands of tales of the fate of the first curse. Which one will you tell? So, so a few things there. One, classic destiny. Thousands of tales about the first curse. <laughs> and I think we've we've yeah. heard none of them. And I think important takeaway from that too is 
more complex than the last word story. I mean, that, I thought the story of the last word was pretty complex. And if the story of the first curse is even more complex. <laughs> and, and this is part of the reason why, you know, personally, I'm like, I don't want to get into the last word in Thorn. Because apparently the last word had a twin. And that story is even more complex. And it's like, Bungie hasn't told us anything about it. So anything we say about the last word is going to change. And so that's why I'm kind of just like, I don't even want to go into it <laughs> until I've got more info. Well, so uh, so we find out some more from from Banshee forty four when you talk to him, right? About about the first curse, right, right. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, and it's amazing how Banshee remembers some of these things. And these are quotes from. So, like this first one is a quote from uh, S. Barnes Davis, and uh, it says, "The last word and the first curse, sisters, partners, but one was lost to fire, and with it, the memory of how to forge it." And, so, and can I uh, just say, to yeah. fire makes me think of Palamon, and it was being it was burned to ash. So maybe the first, <laughs> the first curse or, or, was there, and it was, and whoever had it died. Now I'm not I'm not going to go into this either, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of speculation, <laughs> and a lot of people always say that they think that um, that Shin was the first one to uh, go into or use a gold gun. You know, to to, and so maybe that's part of the loss of fire, because you know there's all that speculation again that the last word, is is what your gun is whenever you're uh, you're you're using the the gold gun, um, but now that we know the first, the first curse, curse exactly yeah. exactly that's where I was going. So uh, so maybe the maybe the first curse was has become that, and and so that's why it's and and this next this next quote. <clears throat> Again, to any listeners, this is all speculation. <laughs> every bit, every bit. Please don't take us seriously. Nope. But this next quote actually backs that up a little bit because it says, they said the first curse was so powerful, its wielder didn't even have to think about killing. The killing just happened. <laughs> it's kind that, of a golden gun, you know? A little you just, bit. You shoot it and stuff just dies. Well, most stuff does. Not if, well, I, I haven't, you know what? I haven't, since the nerf, I haven't uh, seen many uh Sunbreaker Titans. So I, at one point, I remember putting a couple, two or three rounds into a Sunbreaker coming <laughs> at me with a gold gun, and it just kept coming. So and I even mentioned, I think I mentioned that in one of the episodes. I know for a fact it was, it was two shots dead on, if not three. I can't remember if I got the third one off or not, but it didn't die. I say it because that's what I think of them as still. They're not, it's not a person. It's just a thing. And uh, it it came at me and it it smashed me. It killed me. So, yeah. but yeah, most of the time things just die though when you shoot it. Yeah, and I can I just say I'm I'm all about striker now. It's, uh, <laughs> ever since the changes, yeah. I've yeah. gone back to striker. I, I like them yeah. both. I think um, if you're playing trials this weekend that we're, we're recording now, uh, striker is going to be amazing. But. Uh, just because of this short map and drifter, there's lots of edges and corners. You can shoulder charge around anything, put those lightning grenades, and completely block off the passageway. But um, that Sunbreaker is still very deadly. You, know, you get it in the right map, put it in the right hands. It's still very good. I think they did a pretty pretty decent job with the uh, kind of the balancing all the Titan subclasses. I'm still waiting for my super to charge on a Sparrow. And so I can shoot my gold gun while I'm driving and see hammers <laughs> flying and Nova bombs right. everywhere. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> right, well, we're almost two sparrows. Let's read one more quote about oh, yeah. the first curse, and then we'll uh, then we can go to sparrows. So yeah, so the last, so the first curse. Um, so they say we're bringing back a legend. Yes, sir. We've partnered with Banshee Forty Four and a guardian. We're just a guardian, <laughs> um, not the guardian, a guardian, to reverse engineer the first curse. Um, so basically, and it seems like Banshee, for all intents and purposes, again, this is kind of me just speculating, it seems like Banshee may have crafted the, helped at least craft the first two, or he repaired them so many times and knew the Guardians so well that he's got the guns almost memorized, you know, so. So maybe those guys that were talking to, uh. To Shaxx and that quote from earlier were right. Maybe the Tex Mechanica guns are junk, so Banshee was repairing them all the time. <laughs> Banshee's the one who made them exotic. <laughs> right. 
so yeah that's uh that's fun though to think you know to think about banshee and what maybe he was before you Mm -hmm. know because he obviously if he's in the tower and he's our gunsmith he's he knows what he's doing right um there's a quote from a drop was you know he's running around (laughs) he's he's eavesdropping he banshee had said he like had been dropped on vesta and that's out by the reef so at some point like banshee was deployed out by the reef (laughs) wow so so we have no clue what he's been up to in his past selves He's he's probably got some super crazy heroic backstory that that we'll never hear about. Uh, so, all right, well let's so uh, let's yeah. let's get so, into it then. Uh, what's, I want to make oh. one point about that last card. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not. I don't remember when that quote is said. Um, but are you? Is it certain that when it says a guardian, it's referring to our character, or is he maybe part? Well, of it's it's part of the. I haven't completed it yet, but that quote comes up, I believe, as part of the quest that we go through to, with Banshee to get the first curse. Yeah, and that's kind of our job is we're helping to get everything to recreate the the first curse. So, All right, yeah, so I think just... I, it makes sense. It makes sense that it's us. Um, if anyone has any any other, you know, speculation. Besides just saying it's not us, uh, any kind of reasoning behind it, let it, you know, it's let us know. Us. It's <laughs> you know, we we recently have run into a few things where um, people have made comments and things, but don't necessarily back it up with any facts. And so, you know, that's we're kind of we kind of push for that. You know, if it's speculation, that's great. But if you're gonna say that we're wrong because we speculated, that's that's something different. You know, we, we yeah, all we're we're all for discussion. I'm, I like to debate and argue. If you follow me on Twitter at all, you'll know that well by <laughs> now. But uh, you know, if, if you have an idea or a theory, and you know you have something behind it, you know we'd love to discuss that with you. But but yeah, we've had some people like, no, you're wrong because I think this. And I was like, well, that doesn't mean we're wrong. That just means you think something different. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or they'll say that we're wrong when we have facts to back up everything. Yeah. It's like you know what it says it clearly right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's and yeah. we we try to do that. And if you if you if you listen to us and and don't necessarily agree with us, we are trying to back up everything that we talk about and say with facts and with actual you know citations from the 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 grimoire and the game itself. So if you ever catch a slip in which we, we've had a few people that have come and said, look, this was wrong. You know, we're, we'll, we'll fess up man. we want to make sure and get this right. And we need your help to do it. So yeah. or even if you, give us some comments, give us some feedback. Yeah, even if you don't know if we're wrong, if you just hear us say something like, Osiris did this, but you don't, we don't say where it says that, you know, call us out and be like, Hey, you know, where does it say Osiris did this? You know, can you give me, you know, the citation for that, you know, hold us accountable for that too, because we don't want to just be kind of speculating and, you know, putting it out there as fact if it's not actually fact. And Beto, what you, you had actually made a comment and I think Drop said the same thing. Uh, I think that we're going to try to organize our show notes in such a way with our, with uh, all of our, all of our comments and, and stuff that we've put into the show notes and get it published somewhere or posted somewhere for people to be able to, uh, after they listen to an episode or while they listen to an episode, uh, be able to go through and reference some of the things that we've talked about. Is that something we're still kind of aiming for? Yeah, we don't have. I mean, we might just use the the Destiny lore subreddit. We don't. We don't have a specific spot yet, but um, the goal is yeah to. We we don't want to put them out before the show because we don't want to. Spoil it, keep, obviously. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. We want to keep our secrets close. But after each show, because we, we have like, you know, 15 pages of show notes for each show almost with quotes and citations. And um, so if nothing else, yeah, we're thinking of just at least getting those posts. And I don't know if the subreddit will delete them, you know, if they'll be like, ah, self-promotion or we'll see. But um, we're going to try. If not, we'll and, figure, we'll figure something Yeah, out. we're going to try and find a way to get those out there so that we can... You you guys can kind of see where we get our info. Let's keep this dog and pony show moving. Um, 
let's talk about the new fun thing to do in Destiny, and that is Sparrow Racing. Sparrow Racing Lee. Some of the best guardians are racers. People like Marcus Wren have made their legends on the track. Who the hell is Marcus Wren? <laughs> <laughs> anyone? A, anyone? Good question. He was a legendary racer, apparently. Apparently, church maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he sound. You know what? He sounds like he would be. Just that name alone is like, yep. He, him, and Fenchurch are hanging out, drinking tea, and racing sparrows, and doing their thing. So, um, so what do we know? What do we know about sparrow racing? Well, we know that the uh, you know the, the track similar to uh, with a you know just the crucible maps that they are kind of put together, cleared out by the uh, Regjacks, which are a a group of I believe, I believe it's a Titan order. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's, or is it just? Is it just? Yeah, the, I don't. I don't know if they're all Titans, but they're okay. Shaxx's kind of personal strike team. Shaxx's posse. Yeah, and they're they're like really obviously they're going into these hostile zones, mm-hmm. just like the racetracks. I mean, you know, we've got enemies all over the racetracks, and they're going out there to set that stuff up for us to to be able to race on or to have crucible matches. So these, I think, I think somewhere there they might even be referred to as elites. Of some sort, they're mm-hmm. elite like this is an guardians elite strike team or something. Yeah, right, right. Which means they're complete and utter badasses that that will go out mm-hmm. there and risk life and limb for entertainment purposes. You know, um, you know what I'm looking for in Destiny Two. I want the career path where I can choose to just be a red jack. <laughs> and so for the gameplay, you just have to go in, wipe out the enemies from a zone, and then set it up for all the other guardians. <laughs> I don't want to spend a whole match like putting flags up and boundaries, though. I mean, that just sounds like maybe well, a little. But it wouldn't be a match. So... It'd be, it'd be well, a, yeah, a PVE I get... mission. So that's even more boring. You're out there with like a couple of dudes. Okay, you go over there. Let's stretch out this uh, this. <laughs> this, this tape here. This ta- yeah, exactly. We got to mark this off and go yeah. plant a flag. <laughs> right right 500 experience boom you're making it sound a lot worse than <laughs> it it sounded better in your head right is that what yeah, I'm it really, it really yeah. did yeah now it's a uh, you know what though it actually to me it it might not be bad because it's kind of sounded to me like the uh the sandbox in halo when you used to be able to make your own own maps you know that might be that might be fun there you go. Let's let's make our own uh, PvP map. So I, you know what? I'm I'm on board now. I like the idea of being a red jack. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So the red jack set up uh, helps set up the 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 race tracks for the for the SRL. Uh, what what else? Let's let's uh, move along here. What they, we've got these licenses, right? Yeah. So we got um, four licenses. There's a C, B, A, and S. And the S for me has been super unattainable but uh um there's quotes with each one each from amanda so it says srl yeah srl's here guardian the sparrows will be fast and the records will fall time to get your boots wet um then from the b license she says okay i'm impressed you've got some skill on a sparrow ready to kick it into high gear for the a license this is actually from your ghost i'm beginning to understand the appeal of this sport winning is quite exhilarating and then from the S license, we have, there are legends in the SRL. Marcus Wren, there's that guy again. Kron 8, Tyla Sola, racers who are so skilled and so fearless that they stand apart from the pack. Now you've made your mark on the track, Guardian. Um, so, yeah, so now we have three names that we don't recognize. Um, and we stand among them, so... Yeah, so then, you know, this is, what do we know about the SRL? Is that just a fancy name that Bungie kind of threw in there? Or is that something that's actually in the the, the lore of the, the history of the, the event? It's in there. I mean, well, just there in the... Uh... The the S license, Amanda says, like the legends in the SRL. Oh, yes. So so Amanda's using the term. So yeah, so Sparrow Racing League, and clearly these legends existed before our time. So the Sparrow Racing League, in terms of for us, you know, is new. But it seems it's that been around for... yeah, in the in the universe, it's been around for a little bit. Well, I think I think the Sparrow Racing has been, but I think uh, the way it's organized now, because there's somewhere. 
it talks about uh, uh, ever since the proliferation of a sp- of the sparrow, racing has racing is a long-standing tradition among guardians. But only in recent years have the races moved from an underground attraction to an organized sport. So I think, <clears throat> so I think that right there, uh, you know, says that up until very recently, obviously in the last couple of years or whatever, uh, that that it was kind of underground. So maybe it wasn't, you know, sparrow racing was there, but I don't think it was, was, you know, organized enough to maybe have the designation of the sparrow racing league. That sounds like, you know, super organized. It's like, like when they got into, you know, when, when you start saying MLB or NBA or, or something like that, it, it means more than just, you know, playing pickup games or, or, you know, Dirt, dirt track racing, and and things like that. So I have to say, the, the underground like stuff is something Cade probably would have loved to bet on. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Just, uh, just like the Crucible stuff, you know, all the, all the kind of betting and and things going on with that. Um, was a was a big deal, especially for the hunters, right? The hunters were the main, were the right. big gamblers. Them and the and the, uh, I guess the normal people. <laughs> what was the what was our our early question the people who uh who weren't good at well man i wish i could remember that uh we had a question from someone in one of the episodes and the guy said the the people who aren't guardians are regular folks who aren't guardians or politicians that's what it was uh, so so all the people who weren't politicians or guardians you know i think they they bet a lot on these things this was their their main yeah. forms of entertainment was a crucible and and this underground racing and now you know that it's more publicized it's uh getting a, a big following obviously by us you know i'm loving it so yeah now we know that kate is losing lots of money in the last week lots of grimoire or lots of uh Glimmer. Yeah, yeah. In in the race, them in the race itself. Yeah, Amanda's got that quote <laughs> saying Cade's got a lot of money riding on, or a lot of glimmer riding on this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In so, game. so we know he's betting on these races. Yeah. So then, kind of getting back into the uh, the tracks. Then, um, one of the ones that we we have now is Campus Martius. And this is the, uh, the on Mars. And the, the text for this is, got to make sure your timing is just right if you want to slide through those blades. Uh, so anyone who's played this week, I'm sure you can count on multiple hands the amount of times that you've been blown up by the, the fans spinning around. So the, the timing does, does need to be there for sure. Yeah, the, there's the, the fans are the from, worst. Uh, there's the quote from Marcus Wren. Who he says those fan blades have taken out more guardians than the fallen. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Marcus Wren, man, I want to know who that guy is. More about him, I guess. So we, we know kind of who he is, but right. Yeah, and then it kind of, I think these maps kind of they showcase, I think, the Red Jack's ability to you know, create this area in a, such a hostile zone because I mean, you can see as you're racing, there's lots of enemies there. And the fact that the, they were able to create this track for the uh, the SRL in these zones, it's, it, it speaks volumes of their their skill. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, there, if you pay attention, there's a lot of detail that goes into these as far as like paintings on the ground and on the walls and... and... Uh, you know, there's banners flying all over the place that are advertising different things. So, so there's a there's fireworks that they got to install at the end. There. <laughs> that's yeah. that's right. There's a, for, that's right. From the the uh, crystal map, uh, the dungeons. Uh, Shax has a quote about the red jacks as well. Um, it just says, you know, let us take what we can. You just wait. Pretty soon, we'll be holding matches atop Oryx's throne. And so, I think that kind of just shows the the mindset of. You know, Shacks and the, the the Red Jacks. It's they want to go fight crucible matches in the most dangerous area to do so. <laughs> it's not a much pretty much anywhere they want to go. They're they're like we can do that. Yeah. We can go there. Like, right. Yeah, crucible is not dangerous enough. They need to hold matches atop Oryx's throne. <laughs> so so another interesting note about the uh, the campus 
uh, Mardius is that so those fans they're powering um, some SRL components, but there's also apparently the energy being generated from those fans is being diverted to an unknown location. Um, so you know maybe we'll get something in a future DLC or yeah. you know raid or something where those fans are powering because they're so they're golden age. Um, so it's a lost golden age facility. So something in that lost facility is still being powered, is still being kept alive by those fans. Some kind of Clovisy Bray type of research place, right. probably. Maybe Charlemagne <laughs> is running on the backup power. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like it. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's what else we have? We've got. So there's, so there's uh, another track we got. Yeah, the order. other track is what the. Infinite Descent. Infinite Descent. And that's uh, Venus? Right, right. Yeah, and so that one, Amanda's, she says, Be brave and fast, Guardian. Racing is about more than running away. Um, so they say, Some might see racing through the heart of Vex territory as foolhardy. When Shaq sent his Red Jacks to mark up the SR- SRL, I can never say that, track on Venus. However, he ordered them to find a location worthy of the bravest and most skilled guardians. So, we don't, not, not a lot in terms of a lore about the track there, but again, the Red Jacks were there to set it up. Yes, it's all, it always points to the, the Red Jacks there, being the ones that set it up. And then, and and we got a lot of kind of random Amanda quotes, which we probably don't need to go into. Um, but there, there's some interesting. Well, not in, I don't know if they're interesting, <laughs> but we do, we do have a bunch of quotes from Marcus Wren. So whoever he was, he did like to speak. Um, so from and we get all these just from the bounties, the various bounties. But he says things like, "You might be good, but try doing that when your sparrow's on fire." Well, and he's, he's he sounds a bit full of himself too in some of these because because uh, the one threading the needle he's uh he says not many guardians are as good as I am at hitting the gates or at hitting gates, but there's more to racing than hitting your boost and hanging on. So he's like, I mean, right there he's like, you know, yeah, not many people are as good as me, and if even if you're hitting the gates, it doesn't mean you're doing it right, you know, and right. and so. I'm just, and I'm just imagining him with that fire quote. He's just hitting every gate, sparrows on fire. There's another quote where he's saying, uh, smacking a wayward goblin. So he's he's got enemies just like piling up on the front of his sparrow. It's on fire and he's just flying through a gate. Well, so, and, and you know, you made a joke earlier, but we do have a quote coming in from Fenchurch. You know, I, I said Marcus Wren earlier, and you're like, oh, maybe he's friends with Fenchurch. We get a quote from Fenchurch regarding the, the record book that you can buy. Um, now, granted, you know, that, that's, that's kind of, of Fenchurch's, uh, you know, wheelhouse is, is over there selling emotes and, and helping acquire some kind of stuff out in the wilds. Uh, but it says, uh, very good. You haven't come close to beating any of my records, but I applaud the effort. So I kind of I kind of picture, you know, like the whole gentleman's game or gentleman's <laughs> contest between like a like a Wren and a and a Everest, you know, uh, where they're <laughs> I, I I picture like the old like kind of like a Steve McQueen kind of race race car movie. Uh you know where they pull up and they've got their scarves blowing in the wind and they're all decked out and and looking dapper and ready to ready to to race but they're super polite and kind to each other while they're smashing into each other on the racetrack and and so it's to me it's kind of funny it puts it puts a really interesting kind of picture in my mind of of these two racing against each other or with each other maybe maybe they have elaborate contests where uh, they're each holding a cup of tea <laughs> and they have to make it down the infinite descent <laughs> without spilling a drop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's great. Well, it, it is on Venus, and and so we know that uh, we know that Fenchurch was was traveling the solar system. Maybe he was looking for a good race. Yeah, maybe if you look hard enough in the stands, you'll see you'll see him. 
Now it, there's not there's not actually stands, is there? There's not no, like a no, like a not. crowd. Please, oh, okay, please no one spend time. Spend <laughs> I was time getting. I'm like, that. oh, I gotta go log in and gotta go gotta go comb the comb the the backdrop to see who's who's sitting in the <laughs> in the stands. It'd be funny if there was like a little shacks and a and you know Zavala hanging out there watching. So, well, I think I have we are we here? Yeah, I think we've we've kind of come to the end of this. Uh, you know. Obviously, uh, we did a little play on words. This is our holiday episode. Um, drop love and, for that and pun, just, by the way. He was, yeah, he was all you for can, it. You yeah, can thank me for, was, for that. And drop didn't he was it. as livid about that as Beta about Hunters. So, <laughs> <laughs> But we did it anyway, so drop, eat your heart out. You're going you're gonna to be all jealous later when you listen back to this. Um, so that is Amanda Holiday and Tex Mechanica. A little bit of uh, Davis and and Marcus Wren and their little Fen Church, but uh, Amanda Holiday, she's uh, our, our like I said, our favorite shipwright and uh, amazing backstory. Such a such a cool character, uh, and and just love her. I, I like going over there. And oh, and if you didn't notice, she's got like a like a sleeve tattoo, uh, which is is kind of interesting to me. Um, <laughs> But and and someone said, someone in uh, in our clan uh, at one point said, "Yeah, she needs to go take a bath. She's had that same spot of grease on her for over a year." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But guess uh, so. but yeah, what a such a such a neat neat story for for Amanda Holiday. So uh, so yeah, that's that's what we got. Uh, you can find us. We are Destiny Ghost Stories. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean. We're on Twitter at dghoststories. Uh, you can email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Got Beta Chieftain and Handsome Dragon here with me, and we are going to close it out. So uh, thanks for, for joining us. Had a good time, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Have a good holiday, guys. Yeah. Have a good one.